0: This podcast is sponsored by the IAFF Financial Corporation. Working with Nationwide since 2003, the IAFF Financial Corporation provides IAFF members with access to deferred compensation plans, Roth 457s, post-employment health plans, and health savings accounts through the Frontline program. With over $12 billion in assets under management, this program gives our brothers and sisters choices in their financial health. Visit iaff-fc.com for more information.
1: Welcome back to another edition of the IFF Podcast. Uh, it's Mark Craiglio here. Doug Stern joining us today. Hi, Doug. Hi, Mark. How you doing? Doing excellent today. You know, Doug, this is the second episode in January's Firefighter Cancer Awareness Month. Uh, teamed up with the Firefighter Cancer Support Network, and we have uh, the president of the Firefighter Cancer Support Network today. Chief Brian Frieders
0: is with us. Chief, how are you doing today? Tell us about yourself. Mark, Doug, how are you? Thanks for having me today. Uh, What a uh, privilege and a pleasure it is to be uh, on the podcast, and 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 it's such an important event that we're doing here. Uh, My name is Brian Frieders. Obviously, I'm the president of the Firefighter Cancer Support Network. I just recently retired as the fire chief of the city of Pasadena, California Fire Department. Um, And now uh, living in the beautiful state of Tennessee, kind of enjoying life and uh, seeing what happens afterwards. So uh, thanks a lot for having me today.
2: It's a bit of a difference from Pasadena to Tennessee, I'm sure. Hopefully yeah. you're, you're adjusting well. <laughs> indeed, indeed. You know, Mark referenced it, that this is the second podcast, the second episode. So it's the second week of Firefighter Cancer Awareness Month. And I have been just wowed by the response of our members by, you know, all the supporters that the firefighters have who have just really rallied around and made this cancer awareness month something special. And a lot of that credit goes to the Firefighter Cancer Support Network, Brian. I mean, you guys have been great partners throughout this whole thing. And I think one glance at any firefighter's social media, and you're not gonna miss the fact that this is an awareness month that everybody is keenly participating in.
0: Yeah, I agree. This has been, you know, cancer in the fire service is has been such an issue for so many years. And we just started recognizing it more thoroughly and and in depth the last 10 or 15 years. And, you know, the IFF really is who's led that charge, you know, back in the the late 90s. I know Pat Morrison and I had many discussions about this and we realized that cancer has a significant issue is a significant issue for firefighters. Um, You know, I think the, the way the reason that the firefighter cancer support network has been successful is because of the support of the IFF. And a lot of the locals, you know, local 1014 LA County firefighters where the cancer network really originated. Uh, local 3631 under the direction and the leadership of Barrick Hunter, their, their uh, former president, who really put forth the resolution to the convention a couple years ago to recognize the importance of having a relationship, an exclusive relationship with the FCSN and the IFF to make sure that we're addressing these firefighter cancer issues and really making sure that our members are getting taken care of. So, you know, it, it's, in, it's not just you know our organization that's been successful it's been a collaborative effort amongst a lot of organizations a lot of the locals out there that have really helped us get to where we are today to really bring this awareness to the forefront of everybody's mind and make it and make significant changes in what we do so
2: those changes are important and and the fcsn has been great throughout all this like i said but what got you personally involved with the firefighter cancer support network kind of give us your origin story as if you will with the organization
0: Yeah, so in 2004, um, I was a lowly fire captain, uh, enjoying my life as a fire captain. Um, And we had my engineer named Gary Sauls, um, who was one of my greatest friends on the job. We had spent a lot of time together. He had been in the department for a long time. Uh, Just one of those people you love being around. Just one of those people on the station that when when he shows up, you you just know you're going to have a good day. I got a phone call uh, on our four day break, uh, that he was being transported to the hospital, um, because he had a seizure. And now Gary Saul's was the most fit. He was an avid scuba diver. Um, uh, he was someone that was always outdoors, just a, just really an avid fitness person. Um, and to hear him having a seizure, I knew something was wrong. Uh, my wife and I were on vacation. So we loaded the boat back up in the trailer and, and made a beeline back home only to find out that he had metastatic brain cancer. And, um, We watched him basically, you know, go through that tragic event over the course of three months and end up dying, you know, literally, you know, nine weeks later. And that devastated us. You know, that devastated me personally, but it devastated our department. It devastated my colleagues, my fellow firefighters. And, and, you know, we didn't know how to handle that. We had no idea what to do. When when he was diagnosed, we, we didn't know the first thing to do. And uh, at Gary's funeral, I met a guy named Mike DuBron, who is an L.A. County firefighter. And Mike DuBron came to Gary's funeral and talked to me about the fire, this little network idea he had um, to help firefighters that are diagnosed with cancer. And their departments and their people and their spouses and their families and the firefighters that are surrounding them. And kind of give them some direction and some ideas of what to expect, what they're going to go through, what they could do what they can't really do, and just kind of a, 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 almost a, a shepherding through this tragic experience. And I was really interested in talking to him. So fast forward a couple of months, Mike and I went to the meeting that he had up at L.A. County Fire. Um, he was a survivor. He had created this little network because he had gone through something similar. We had no one to talk to. He was, you know, they send these self-help groups. And you and I both know that firefighters are a completely different breed of person. And we don't really identify well with non firefighters, especially when it comes to asking for help. And Mike created this network of people that he had in his own department that had been through cancer, that were able to talk to someone else that had got diagnosed and and kind of help them through and, and take that fear of the unknown out of the equation. And I was hooked. Instantly, because I knew the value in what he was doing. I knew the value in what it could bring our department and other firefighters in our area. I had no idea that it would become the organization, the worldwide organization that it is today. So, you know, it was personal for me. To, it's still personal for me. Um, I, this is all everything I've done is volunteer. I don't get paid for anything that I have done for the last 15 years. Um, I I feel compelled as a firefighter because I took the same oath that everybody else did to uphold. Um, the, the tenets and values of firefighting, and to be a servant leader. And that's why I do this. I am personally driven um, because I, I've seen what happens to firefighters when they get diagnosed. I, I've talked to them. I've, I've spent many hours with their families. I know the pain and suffering it brings, but I also know the joy that it brings when you have someone that's walking alongside of you that is giving you that encouragement, that information, and just that shoulder to, to cry on when you need to. Uh, during this tragic uh, time in their lives. So for me, it's a privilege to be part of this organization. And I feel it as sort of a calling for me to to continue in my quest to make sure that our firefighters are well prepared. So
2: you, you mentioned a shoulder to cry on a friend to talk to, but I mean, that's not all that the FCSN provides. You guys do a lot more than that when a firefighter is diagnosed. Walk us through some of that about the resources that you guys have and how you help firefighters when they're recently diagnosed with probably, probably the worst day of their life when they find out that they've got an occupational cancer. How do you guys help them with the resources and, and what all do you guys bring aside from just the the camaraderie and the fact that they know somebody's there with
0: them? Yeah, good question. And so the first thing that we do, you know, the the number one thing that we provide is that badge to badge support. So when someone gets diagnosed with cancer, uh, we have an 800 number. We have a website that we have a response within 24 hours to someone who's uh, been diagnosed. And what we do is we provide them a mentor. We've got about 150 or so mentors uh, across the country and into Canada that uh, will provide that badge to badge support that con- they'll they'll reach out and talk, call the person that's been diagnosed just to talk to them about what they've had. And and generally speaking, we will pair them up with a mentor who has had a similar cancer than the person that's been diagnosed. Um, it's not always easy sometimes, as you might imagine, but for the most part, we can pair them up with someone who's had a similar cancer. They'll walk them through their journey, what they did. And again, just that, that reassurance about, hey, this is, you know, we're standing tall with you. We're, we're right next to you. We are alongside of you for this. Um, don't be afraid, we're we're right here with you. Um, so that's the first and foremost thing that we do is that badge to badge support. And that mentor usually talks to them throughout their entire journey. It's not just a one-time phone call, it's a, probably a six month to a year relationship. And then a lot of them afterwards end up becoming friends. Um, and uh, as you might imagine, going through this sort of a tragedy together brings a, bar, a, a really nice friendship. And we've seen that happen. In fact, that's how we gain more mentors is they wanna become mentors themselves once their journey um, or their treatment has concluded. So the second thing we provide them is a toolbox. And, and literally, it's a plastic toolbox. Once we get the information about who it is, we'll send out UPS overnight, usually 24 to 48 hours. They'll have a toolbox in their doorstep. And, and literally inside that toolbox are file folders. There's a business card holder. There's pens, there's pencils. There's a, a, a notebook. And the most important thing that's in that toolbox that we just published this year for the first time is our Firefighter's Guide to Cancer Survivorship. And it's really a bound guide that included in that is information about the different types of cancer that our friends in the American Cancer Society gave us. We have a place that the person can journal their, their, their uh, or chronicle their journey through treatments, through doctor's appointments. They have a place they can write notes. We have a list of questions they should ask their doctor uh, during their visits. You know, what should I expect here? What and, and things you probably don't think about as a newly diagnosed cancer victim, but things that we want to prompt you to ask because they're questions you're going to want to know later on. We have a, an entire section about the caregivers, the spouses, the families, the, the people that are going to be helping with the uh, journey and supporting them by driving them to appointments, by providing food. It gives you, there's a section about what the firehouse can do, what the firefighters can do um there's a whole section in that book about how to deal with workers compensation you know obviously it's specific to the area they're in um ours is more general but it gives you some ideas of what to do and who to go to who to contact um it gives you some really good advice on on what the presumptive laws are in the respective states we update that every year um and just a whole sit- you know uh, and and throughout this whole survivors guide it really is a comprehensive journal of what you're going through and then in, infused in that is some testimonials from some of our survivors that talked about what they went through. Um, and it's just a nice thing to have with you. It's bound. You can take it with you wherever you go. You can tear out pages if you want to, but it's just a really nice document that you can take with you that will help you navigate your journey. Um, the la- And the other thing that the Cancer Network has done over the years is we've really participated aggressively in education and awareness campaigns. And this is another thing that we were able to team up with the IFF on Um, a couple of years ago to really develop a comprehensive cancer awareness program that gets out to all of our our members across the country. And so uh, by doing that, we were able to kind of get people's heads wrapped around this whole cancer epidemic that's in the fire service. We were able to provide some really good training, some really good standard operating guidelines for wearing the SCBA, especially during overhaul. In 2013, we published a white paper that gave 11 recommendations that to this day are still being used. Uh, by every organization in ways to reduce your risk of cancer. So we participate a lot in, in the education world. Uh, we do a lot of, we participate in a lot of research studies. We're involved heavily in the National Firefighters um, Registry, uh, which is a, a big deal as we, as we begin to learn more about firefighting and cancer. Uh, that will be a, a wonderful opportunity for us to really understand um, why firefighters are getting this and what we can do to reduce that risk. So Um, We've got about 350 volunteers across the country. Um, It's And again, none of us get paid. We do this because we feel compelled. Most of our people in our organization are cancer survivors. Our founder is a cancer survivor. Uh, Most of our board are cancer survivors. And we just feel driven to really keep assisting our folks and making sure that we're doing everything we can to keep them safe.
1: That's great, Brian. And that's one thing I wanted to expand on. You started to get into it there right at right at the end is the structure of the FCSN Uh, coming up in the fire service through Florida. uh, It was always there Uh, for as long as I can remember. The Cancer Support Network was there. Uh, How is your structure nationwide and how do how do you get access regionally to the Cancer Support Network?
0: Yeah, great question. So we have a structure very similar to the IFF. We have a president, which is me. We have a secretary. We have a treasurer. And then we have vice presidents of regions. So we've divided the country essentially in half. Uh, We have a vice president of regions east and regions west divided by the Mississippi. Um, We also have state directors. So each one of our states and provinces in Canada has a state director. And that state director is really responsible for all of the incoming information from anybody in their respective jurisdiction that has been diagnosed or that needs assistance or has questions um, we funnel all that information to those state directors and then as the hierarchy continues the state director in each state also has assistance they have uh, district liaisons they have uh for some of the larger agencies like i'll use california as an example we have a state director in california but we have a district representative for LA County fire. We have a district representative for San Diego. We have someone for San Francisco because the state's so large and it's densely populated. Whereas in Iowa, we don't necessarily need that same hierarchy, but we have access to anybody. The state director is the primary source for someone to go to in their respective state. If they get diagnosed, Um, that automatic, the, the 800 number goes right to uh, our answering service, they automatically get the information and send it out to the respective jurisdictional state director. And this the, the VP of the region is also copied. So we have a checks and balances system. So we don't drop anything. We also have an executive director. And we also have a development director that we just recently brought on from San Diego this year. Uh, I think all of you have met Carly Wund, who is just a, 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 an amazing human being. And aside from that, she's a great colleague to have with us. She's done some great things for us in the short time she's been with us, uh, and more things to come from her. So, the the FCSN really—it's—it's it's sort of ironic. I was looking back on uh, when I read through your questions, I was looking back on where we started, and, and there was literally four or five of us that—and that wasn't even us. It was four or five people at LA County Fire that Mike Dubron put together as a pseudo board. And and you know now we're three hundred and fifty strong. It's just—it's such a blessing to see uh, the the growth and the differences that we're able to make um, together. It's uh, one of our taglines is together we can. And together, I think we have made a significant difference in firefighting and cancer.
1: That's great. In January, as you know, as we're part of it, we're uh, recording this today is Cancer Awareness Month. And it's a collaboration between the IFF and the Firefighter Cancer Support Network. But this isn't the first time we've united on projects we've had a long standing relationship you want to talk to us about that
0: yeah you know the iff from the get go when we first presented this to the iff i mean 15 years ago everybody was on board you know jim brinkley pat morrison harold shapeberger you know everybody in that group was like we have to do this and, and the support from the iff has been absolutely overwhelming um we you the iff has been by our side the entire time they have led the charge. Um, they have allowed us to be part of the awareness program. Uh, I, I, I just, like I said, you, nothing is accomplished by an individual or an individual organization. It's always better when it's collaborative. And the IFF has just been a great partner from day one, all the way back to Tampa 2 in Toronto, uh, when we were recognized there. Um, and then, you know, fast forward to this last year when, uh, you know, again, Barrack Hunter and Local 3631 from Orange County, California's firefighters, Put together the resolution to have the fcsn and iff as the as the exclusive authority on firefighting and cancer Um, you know that just strengthens the alliance we already had um in so much that it's produced this january cancer awareness month and i i i just can't be more proud of not only our organization but the collaboration between the iff and the locals that have assisted us along the way Um, And obviously the FCSN and our staff that have dedicated an an insurmountable amount of time (laughs) to to really make this happen and really get it out there for the benefit of our members.
1: One of the things I did want to ask you, I was curious, and you've been at this quite a while now, uh, almost two decades, I would say. And one of the things I was curious about, I think it's, it's good to get out there and have the discussion about is how are the view... Views towards cancer and the fire service now, as opposed to when you first got into this and when you and you started the cancer support network out there in California, how is it looked at now as opposed to 15, 20 years ago? Was it was there a lot of uh, did you have to break down some barriers on, on some issues?
0: Yeah, it, you know, and, and you and I both know, you know, anybody that's been in the fire service for more than, you know, even 10 years really didn't realize how significant the epidemic of cancer was amongst firefighters. You know, we, we've we seen this this whole dirty turnout, badge of courage, you know, acting like idiots on the fire ground, you know, not wearing an SCBA during overhaul, not wearing it for car fires. You know, this, this invincibility that we have embraced as firefighters is what's killing us, you know. I often say that our culture and and our behavior is killing us, and it's so true because even today, even with all the information that we've published together, even all the information we get out, even all, you know, seventy four percent of the people on the wall are, are 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 there because they had occupational cancer. Even with that information that is well known amongst most firefighters, we still behave foolishly. We still do stupid things. We still refuse to embrace some of the fundamentals of, of keeping yourself safe, like wearing dirty turnouts, like not cleaning your gear, like not taking a shower, you know, not wearing the SCBA during overhaul. You know, that's that, that's just a recipe for disaster. And so when we did our, we had an education program we launched, it was a train-the-trainer program that we did across the country. And one of the departments we went to was Boston. And you can imagine Boston, very rich in pride and tradition, an excellent organization with great leadership. Uh, we approached Commissioner Finn, Joe Finn at the time, and Richie Parrish, their president, and said, hey, look, we want to bring our program to your department because we know that you know, it's steeped in culture, it's steeped in tradition, but we know how many of your members are dying. And, and Commissioner Finn said to me, I, I get a phone call once every two weeks of someone who's diagnosed with cancer. I need to fix this immediately so he welcomed us with open arms local 7 i mean the the iff local was couldn't have been great er they they accommodated all of our needs and we brought that class to 1450 boston firefighters and there were four people during the course of that of, of that training that had negative opinions about the of, about the course and so when we asked them why why did you not like this course all four of them said because I've had friends that have died and I, I don't, because this is real, because I don't want to accept the fact that this is real. This is, re- this is not theoretical. This is not something that it's not the latest fad that some clown came up with and is now pontificating across the fire service. This is real. My friends are dying and I don't want to accept it. And so our response or my response to him was, well, what are you going to do about it? He says, I'm going to change everything I do. And I'm going to do it my way. I'm going to do it. I'm just going to do it. I, I don't care what everybody says. I'm going to change what I do. And that's a 25-year person and that organization that was, you know, the saltiest of the salty. And he, he, it changed his entire vernacular. And so for me, looking at what we're doing today compared to what we did 15 years ago, it's a dramatic change, but we have to keep going. It's not something that just stops. We're learning more every single day. We're, we're, we're developing new ways of doing things. I think the way that we approach fires is changing. I think the way that our environment, based on COVID, is changing. Everything's changing there, and I think part of that is going to incorporate itself into what we do to reduce our risk as firefighters. But the the behavior and the culture and the leadership has to stand up and say and has to tell their people, whether it's popular or not, your behavior is not working for me. You're not going to walk around the station wearing those crummy turnouts. You're going to clean them, and you're going to make sure you keep yourself safe because it's not acceptable for me to have to go tell your wife or your husband why you're dead from occupational cancer it's not okay and it needs to stop and that's the message that we have even in this podcast if no one else listens to a word i say i'll I'll repeat what commissioner finn said every time you take that mask off your face you should be thinking about your family and that's the truth
1: you mentioned a class that you gave in boston uh what kind of class is that and how does how does
0: somebody get that class so we did we have a train the trainer class and really it's a cancer awareness and prevention train the trainer class we designed it we were able to get grant money to fund it and we put together a comprehensive day-long training or it could be two hours however you, however you want to modify it for your own respective agency and it really gives you all the basics of, of how to reduce your risk and some of the awareness of of the research that's going on so people know you know, what the status of that is, you know, what's real, what's not, because as you know, there's a lot of information out in the media that may or may not be true. This is relevant, validated, tangible data that we're giving to firefighters. And with the expectations, they're going to take it and teach it to their respective agencies. So if they would like a copy of that, uh, we're happy to give that to any agency that would like it. They can contact me directly. I'm sure you'll give everybody my information as we conclude the podcast eventually, but I would be happy to give that to anyone that wants that, um, it's, it gets updated every quarter. So we have the most relevant data and information and we're happy to distribute that to whoever wants it in the respective jurisdictions.
2: Let's not wait until we get to the end of the podcast. Let's throw your website out right now as well, it's www.firefightercancersupport.org. And then if you want to give out your information, Brian, if you don't mind people contacting you, we can do it again at the end, but I think now is a good time to do it as well.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And, and I encourage people to contact me. Everybody thinks I'm nuts for giving out my information. But uh, listen, firefighters are important to me. They always have been. You know, I am one. And um, my information is BFRIEDERS at FCSN.net. That's the easy one. And my cell phone number is area code six six one nine zero four. 5075. Text me, call me, email me, whatever you want. Uh, you can get me through the website if that's easier for you if you didn't copy all that. Uh, but either way, get out, reach out to me. I'll be happy to get that information to you. I'll, I'll put you in touch with our vice president of education and research. Um, he'll send you everything you need. He's in Florida, Keith Tyson, um, and we'll make sure that you get everything you need for your departments. So it's, it's too important for me not to have that information out to you
2: appreciate you sharing that. And I think it is important that our members take advantage of all the resources that you guys have. It really is tremendous what you guys can do. Um, so we talked about the, kind of the, the resources that you provide, what you guys do. Take a second to brag on the FCSN for a minute and tell us about some of the big wins that you guys have had.
0: <laughs> you know, I'm not really good at bragging. That's why I do horrible interviews, I think. Uh, you know, you're think,
2: a firefighter. We're all good at bragging one way or another.
0: <laughs> look, we're the greatest thing in the world. Just ask us, right? Uh, right. But, you know, look, I, I think that some of the big wins for us, you know, the, the first one I'll just mention is is this whole Firefighter Cancer Awareness Month. I mean, this is a dream that we've had for 15 years. And and it goes back to what I said before. It's, it's the relationship that we've had with the IFF and all the locals for so many years. You know, this resolution that was brought to convention by 3631, um, you know, Barrick Hunter, who was their president, Tim Stegging, who is their outgoing president now who supported it. Um, you know, that's the big win for us, in my opinion, because now what we're doing by virtue of this information is we're getting it out to a wider audience and, and we're, we're, we're helping our firefighters stay safe. That, that's a big win. You know, some of the things we've done over the years, we produced the white paper in 2013, and that was really the first in-your-face-to-the-fire-service reality that cancer is a problem. And we gathered 40 experts from all over the country. We assembled them and we told them, okay, give us what you have as far as research goes. Tell us what you know. Tell us what the best practices are. Show me better. How do we do this better? And that's where those 11 initiatives came out on how to reduce your risk to cancer. And every organization that has anything to do with education and training or has to do with firefighting and cancer has taken those and utilized some some version of those in their own in their own manner. So for instance, the Phoenix firefighters, Brian and his group down there, they, they put out something called the dirty dozen. So they added one more and they call it the dirty dozen, which is a cool way to say, Hey, here's the dirty dozen that you don't want to be part of. And I really applaud them for that. Cause that, I wish I would have thought of that before. And I'm a little mad that they did it before me, but that, that's a great example of what they did. Other organizations have taken theirs and they've made them into 25. Some people have made them into 10, but Either way, they're taking the information that we published in that 2013 white paper, taking action against cancer in the fire service and utilize it to to benefit their organizations. So that's a huge win for us. I think the education and awareness campaign that we put out, the train the trainer class, you know, going to Boston fire, Indianapolis fire, Orange County, LA County, uh, and uh, so many other agencies, uh, Miami-Dade across the country. And and giving that information to firefighters, whereas now we're getting called to go to their rookie schools when they graduate and spend four hours talking to their brand new recruit firefighters about cancer awareness. You know, that's a huge change from 10 years ago. We would never have seen that happen across the country, and especially in large organizations. They want to hear about this. They want their rookies and their brand new firefighters to hear this information so that they take it with them throughout their entire career. That's a tremendous change and a demonstration of excellent leadership. You know, the other good thing that we've, had, we've we've been able to align with a lot of outside organizations to help get the message out, not just to the career firefighters, but to the volunteer firefighters and those that dedicate their time in the federal world. Um, we want to make sure that we're addressing all firefighters. You know, we're not unique to one group, but um, I just think that the, the fact that we've been able to put cancer at the forefront of everybody's discussion uh, at the conventions, at the shows, um, in the training sessions that people are having is a gigantic win, not just for our organization and yours but really for the fire service in general, because again, it's taking care of our people. That's gotta be the most important driver behind anything we do is making sure that our members are taken care of, period. All the rest of it, great.
2: Yeah, I think looking back, the, the effort you all have put in, the efforts, the IFF and a host of other people, we really are changing the culture in the fire service. Um, you talked 20 years ago, 20 something years ago when I first got hired on, you wouldn't see anybody wearing a mask during overhaul. Now it's standard procedure. I think while it feels sometimes it's difficult to make the changes, I really think the efforts of your organization of, you know, our health and safety folks at the IFF, we're making a difference and we're changing the culture. It's always slow to do, but if you look back from where, you know, we're all that same generation, you me, Mark, when you look back from where we started to where we are now, you can definitely see the change. So I think, you know, kudos to you guys for being part of that generational change that is keeping firefighters healthy.
1: One thing that I think separates FCSN from uh, a lot of the organizations that we deal with on a lot of issues is just the the passion at which FCSN members deal with the issues at hand. I remember as a young firefighter walking through uh, the state convention in Florida and Keith Tyson be on me, gnawing at me about, hey, kid, you need to be paying attention to this. This is the future. You need to be on this. I mean, it's with that passion and like Curtis done as well. Just every time you talk to them, they're they're in you about it and making sure that that this is forefront in your mind and everything you're doing in the fire service. And I think that's what separates FCSN apart from 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 every everybody else that's out there. It's just the passion that goes into
0: it. Yeah, I, I, you know, I can't say enough good things about our people. You know, Curtis Dunn, seasoned veteran from Texas. Keith Tyson, seasoned veteran from Miami, uh, Miami Miami-Dade. You know, Tony Cruz out of New York. Um, You know, Steve Westcott out of Ohio. We've got, you know, Mike Leone down in Louisiana. We've got, you know, Scott Jenny in California. Jeff Hughes, who's one of our district reps uh, for the, or Assistant State Director in California, who who really has been the the brains behind a lot of this, you know, Cancer Awareness Month thing from 36, the local 3631 you know we have so many good people across the country it's it's just amazing to be part of it you know for me it's a privilege you know i i'm nobody i i'm i'm just a a person who really cares about the fire service who cares about people um, but my team that we have working for us is is just second to none they they're just the best that i could ever assemble i we joke about the dream team but it really is the dream team. You know, I got Joe Schumack right of Virginia, who's a cancer survivor who's become our secretary who who's burdened with a ton of work now that he's retired, um and just does great work, Trey Kelso out of Maryland. I mean, there's just and the and the list goes on. everybody in our organization has zero interest in themselves and a hundred percent interest in others. and And that's what I think distinguishes us is nobody's in this for notoriety. Nobody's in this for recognition. In fact, I think all of us pretty much hate recognition. but, um, I think when we hear wins that we've been part of that, that's just that self-satisfaction that we get because we know we're doing something good for somebody else. And, and that's the, the mantra that we have as an organization. And I think you're right. That's what sets us apart is it it's true servant leadership. It's true dedication to the members. And, and that for me as the head of the organization is a tremendous honor to be alongside. Where do you see the firefighter cancer support network in 10 years? What's your vision? You know that's a great question. We've we've spent a lot of time over the last two years talking about where we're going to go, and you know we've grown exponentially over the past five years. Um, in fact, we've tripled our size, and we're a nonprofit. You know we don't get paid. You know this is this is all volunteer. Um, you know there's going to come a point in time where we're going to have to change the way we do things so that we can kind of get some paid staff. We have a couple of folks that we we pay a stipend to to help out. But, you know, the organization is continuing to grow. We're now into Canada. Uh, We have uh, Europe. We have Germany that's strongly interested in in having us participate. Australia wants to get involved. Um, And we're helping them as much as we can from here. But we have a a, a pretty good strategic plan put together for the next three years that's going to allow us to grow and provide that service internationally to our members, um, wherever they're at. So I feel the organization is going to continue to grow. I think that we have a very solid organizational structure in place. I think we have very solid people that have an excellent business acumen as well as a good vision for the organization. Um, And I think that as the cancer epidemic in the fire service continues, we're going to be able to make bigger differences in the way that we, you know, how gear is manufactured. Uh, We'll have a lot to say about that. We'll have a lot to say about how people's procedures and policies change. I think we're going to be able to provide a lot of really good tangible information for the international to lobby and legislate for presumptive laws and presumptive benefits for our firefighters that, that get cancer in the line of duty. Um, so I think there's a lot in our plate and I think we're, all of us are kind of looking forward to the next iteration of the organization.
2: So how can, how can somebody listening to this podcast help you do that? How can they, how can they reach out and help the FCSN with your mission, with your growth, with any of that?
0: Well, there's two ways. Number one, the, the first thing I'll say is the way you can help our mission is to take responsibility for your actions, is to take a look at what you're doing in your organization at whatever rank you're at and make sure that you're doing the things that you need to do to reduce your risk. That's the first first thing I would ask anybody that's listening to this podcast to do is take a look at what your organization is doing. Uh, are If I walk into your station, am I going to see a rack full of dirty turnouts? Are you wearing your SEBA during overhaul? Are you? Do you have a second set of gear? Are you doing gross decontamination in the field prior to getting back to the firehouse? Are you making sure that people aren't wandering in and out of the living quarters with their dirty turnouts? You know things that reduce your risk. Are you doing that? That's the first thing I would ask any before anything else, is to make sure that you're taking that personal responsibility, being a good example. I made a joke about. Uh, I was sort of an off-the-cuff conversation at a conference somewhere. I forget where. And I said, if you're in a leadership position in the fire service and you're wearing those bugles in your collar, there's an expectation that you're going to make sure that your crews are safe and doing everything right. And if you're not willing to stand up and tell somebody that, hey, wearing dirty turnouts or a melted helmet or not wearing that SCBA during overhaul isn't okay, those things in your collar might as well be toilet plungers. So I asked the question, are they bugles or are they plungers? And you know, that was just something that came to my mind. I don't know why, because I have sort of a sick mind like that, I guess. And apparently that went viral. And uh, I, I'll ask that question again to people listening to this. If you're a leader in the fire service, and especially if you're in a leadership role by, by rank, are you wearing bugles in your collar? Are you wearing plungers? Because if you're not willing to stand up for what's right, then you have no business being in that position. Um, and the second thing that I'll ask for, you know, for us, we're a nonprofit. We rely solely on donations. And we, you know, we do campaigns for fundraising you know, all of our expenses that we have to do all this stuff, it comes from you. It comes from the public. It comes from places that are organizations that feel compelled to help us out. So if there's anything that you'd be willing to help contribute to the organization, obviously our website's a way to do that. Um, we would be greatly appreciative of that so we can continue the good work.
2: Your website again is www.firefightercancersupport.org, correct?
0: Correct. Yeah, there's a couple other websites out there. There's there's a, Something called the Firefighter Fire Cancer Foundation or something like that. That is not us, so please don't make any mistake. There's a. I think they have a purple ribbon as their. I don't know who they are, but they're not. They are not associated with us. We are the Firefighter Cancer Support Network. So uh, please just be cautious of that. If you Google it, sometimes um, another organization will come up. So just please be careful when you when you Google that.
1: Well, Brian, you've given us a lot of information today. You've been very passionate about the issue at hand, and uh, you know I want to say thank you because of. You know, people like you have stepped up and made the fire service a lot safer for a lot of us that are out there and weren't, to be honest, necessarily thinking about cancer 15, 20 years ago. So for that, I want to say thank you. And I want to give you this opportunity to provide any closing thoughts as we close out today's show.
0: You know, uh, thanks. Uh, And again, it's, this has nothing to do with me. It has everything to do with your organization uh, and what what I feel like I'm part of a great organization. That's, that's got a lot of momentum. uh, That's been well supported by the IFF. Um, You know, my own local passing the local 809 um, Sean Timoney, Scott Austin who have been right by my side throughout all this, who've been nothing but supportive. Um, I think in closing, what I would say to people is, you know, I often tell the story about, I, I went and talked at a, a conference in Virginia a couple of years ago, and there was a guy that listened to me babble. And when I was talking about cancer risk reduction and how to make sure you get a medical examination every year um, and pay attention to your body, he recognized that he had a thing in his skin on his face that had kept sloughing off and bleeding. And uh, he went and got that checked. And it turned out to be a pretty nasty malignant cancer that had he not got checked, would have likely killed him. And I went back for that same conference the year afterwards and he waited for me. He drove down three hours to see me and waited for me to show up there just to tell me um, that I saved his life. And, you know, it was a strange encounter because I was walking in the door to go do my little, my little lecture and he was standing there waiting for me and I didn't know who he was and, and he said, I just need to tell you my story and he told it to me and it just, it just brought me to my knees and he put his hand on my shoulder and he said to me, he goes, you saved my life. And, and, and if you've ever had someone look at you square in the face and tell you that they saved your life, that, that's an amazing feeling. And I've never forgotten it. I, 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 can t- I can tell you what I was wearing that day. That's how important that conversation was to me. And so if you're listening to this and you you see things that are going wrong and you, you know you can make a difference, don't be afraid to step up and make that difference. Now is the time for you to be a leader. No matter what rank you are, leadership in the fire service doesn't have, carry rank necessarily. It's what you do and what, you ha- and what your example is. So be a good example, read what we had to say, take care of yourselves, and be an advocate for yourselves. Brian Freeders, President,
1: Firefighter Cancer Support Network. Uh, thank you for joining us today. Uh, Doug, you know, that was a uh, pretty powerful conversation we had there. And uh, Brian and his team over there at the Firefighter Cancer Support Network have uh, done yeoman's work in, in making the fire service safer for everybody.
2: Well, I think like we talked about it, it's slow progress, but it's definitely progress that we can see. And to hear Brian tell the story that somebody said that they, he saved their life. I can only imagine that that's, maybe they don't say it, but the work of the FCSN has paid dividends for multiple members, maybe even hundreds, thousands of members over time that have saved their lives and have made a difference in their recovery because they spotted the cancer early or maybe even prevented the cancer that they never knew they were going to have because they've changed the culture. And I think that's the big thing, not just with, what the FCSN is doing, but with the cancer awareness month, it's about changing the culture. It's about providing the information, certainly that the new generation of firefighters needs. But not just the new people coming on the job. It's the firefighters that are already there. It's the people that we've seen every day in firehouses for years. And the FCSN is doing a great job giving us those resources, working with the IAFF to push that information out. And, And I really believe making a difference in
1: the fire service, not just
2: nationwide, but Jared Bryan internationally as well.
1: Okay, Doug, that concludes another episode of the IFF Podcast, special edition on Cancer Awareness Month. Special thanks to Brian Frieders from the Firefighter Cancer Support Network for joining us. Take care of yourselves out there.